we put so much emphasis on trying to fit in, like I said, or, you know, in society, not just, you know, personally, but in society as a whole, that we forget our birthrights. We forget what it is that we're doing here. We forget things that we've already felt in our heart, you know, crossing into this reality at birth. And when you can return to that space or, you know, take the journey to return to that space, you step into a power, your personal power that is like no other. Nobody can take that from you. You're listening to the Sovereign Society Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and my greatest passion is to help you transform your doubt into the courage you crave to activate your thriving business from the inside out. As a Kundalini business mentor, speaker, and modern medicine priestess, I believe the world's ready for your medicine more than ever. By embracing all facets of our human experience, we have the power to cultivate a conscious tomorrow today. Every Wednesday, I gather some of the greatest leaders, teachers, and revolutionists of our time to talk about all things social justice, personal empowerment, and what it takes for you to uplevel your business and life. It's time for more good people making good money, doing great things in the world. Best believe this is the place that's going to take you there. If you're ready to unleash your medicine and revolutionize the world as we know it, I invite you to dive in and join us on this wild ride. Hello, 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 and welcome to a new episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and I'm really excited to be sharing this conversation because I am heading out to my Bali adventures as of tomorrow and a lot of big, big, big opportunities coming through and writing my story. It was no accident how (laughs) this episode of the Sovereign Society podcast would be the episode I air and premiere like without even thinking beforehand, as I go to Bali to go write and finish my book about my authentic journey. And today I have Brittany Hugenboom with me and this woman of Synergy Soul, she gets it. She understands the importance of being authentic and how our authenticity is the foundation to our existence, to our, to our success, to our way of being that cannot be touched by anyone else. When you allow yourself to embrace who you are at the core, that is where your superpower lies. And so I was beyond thrilled to be having this conversation. One of my girlfriends, you may have remember from episode 103 with Nixie Marie, she sent me a video of Brittany and she was like, dude, you need to check out this chick and follow her. And literally as soon as I finished watching her video, I like sent her a message and said, I need you on my podcast. And so she came through and this is one of those conversations that I'm so honored to have a space like the Sovereign Society podcast, because my whole intention here is to share authentic conversations. And this woman gets it. She is authentically embodying her truth. And I'm so excited for you to dive in more. If you don't know who she is, she's a medicine woman and a professional witch and a spiritual advisor, life coach. And she's a psychic medium who really knows what's up and has really dove into this path to deepen her connection with who she's meant to be in this lifetime. And so she allows herself to unapologetically be her and honor all of it. Because guess what? You're human, right? So you have to 
honor the darkness, the light, the shadows, the greatness, the flaws, everything that makes you, you. And Brittany does this and she says that, and she believes that, you know, as soon as she allowed herself to step into her personal power, she was able to find her purpose on this earth. This is what I teach and thrive. This is what I, I share here in these conversations. I have that same ethos of success in these times and 2020 Crystal Vision it's a non-negotiable if you want to be successful in this day and age. And so she's really someone who's dedicated her life to help other people on their own path of self-discovery and being that bridge to help them connect to, to spirit and to just really understand that through that space of authenticity and being your true self, that's when you can lead in this day and age. And so I'm so excited for you to hear all about this episode because we talked a lot about, you know, transcending spiritual bypassing and navigating through shadow work and what it takes for us to really cultivate this generational healing and stepping into our authentic power, as well as addressing and honoring the medicine of 2020, because there are there has to be an understanding of what it takes to cultivate success. And yes, it's through authenticity and yes, it's through doing the work, but it's, it's such a deep rooted thing that we must address and be willing to address. We also talked about conscious parenting and teaching the future leaders of tomorrow. Cause she has a sweet son who's very in tune of what's happening. And it was just really amazing to hear more and more of these conscious parents really stepping up and showing up. We also talked about cultural appropriation and the importance of really educating our children and the generations about radical change, which is something that I've been so devoted and passionate to be sharing more of these conversations on this platform, because this is how we start to cultivate that revolutionary change. So I'm really excited for you to hear more about this conversation as well as you know, how you embodying your spiritual truth can help people heal and will help and will be able to be of service. And how my favorite thing that we talked about, obviously, and I'm having deja vu as I say this actually, is how psychedelics can really help transcend generational trauma. Um, and it's part of the integration. It's part of, you know, doing the work and showing up as human, but we came here during this wild time in human history to bring revolutionary change. And this is someone who I see is embodying that. So it was a no brainer to have her on this episode. So while you're at it, make sure you go follow her on Instagram at synergy soul underscore and to follow me at Sabrina Riccio and at Sovereign Society Podcast. And make sure you send a screenshot and you tag the three accounts so that we can see you and share and, and hear your insights about, you know, what you've gotten out of this episode. But I'm so excited for you to listen and to really check out and to ingest the medicine that's going to be coming in for you all because Brittany's incredible and I'm so excited to be sharing with you what it takes for you to embody your authentic power. So enjoy. Hello, 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 and welcome to 
An episode of the Sovereign Society podcast I've been waiting for because if you know me, I've been extremely discerning on whose energy I bring into the space. And a lot of it has just been who are people who are authentically living their truth? Who are people who are unapologetically being themselves? And today I was so excited because I remember how I found you, Brittany. One of my girlfriends reached out to me and was like, you got to watch this video. You're going to vibe with her. And I'm like, as soon, I shit you not, as soon as I watched that video, I sent you that email like, yo girl, we got to be on this podcast. So I'm so excited. Brittany Hugenbaum with Boom here with me. And it's amazing because I'm in California. You're in Ohio, correct? Yes. So we're mm-hmm. blasting this love almost completely across the country. Yeah, actually all, almost, yeah, almost yeah. all the way. Yeah. yeah. And so that's something that I've been very discerning about too, is I want to bring more of these incredible leaders from all over the country and all over the world so that this energy isn't just like festering in one little area and that we can allow this message to be shared through. And when I was doing this research on you, I was like, oh my God, I got a fellow uh, Mercury and Taurus, babe. I've got a feather woman who's got like a Capricorn style. And I was like, okay, this is why I knew like she's the real deal because those are those two things I'm very proud to to embody. And, you know, just like that Mercury and Taurus is just like, very honest, very grounded in what I, and what I speak and what I share yeah. unapologetically. And I know you feel the same way too. Yeah. It's also very straightforward and kind of sometimes cutthroat, but in, in a really awesome way. You know what I mean? Oh, it's the only way to me. Yeah. Like I just, I can't surface level. I say, I don't do basic bitch spirituality. Like I'm yeah. going in deep because if you want that deep work, you can't be surface level. And I think a lot of the issue we've been seeing in the community is the amount of spiritual bypassing that's been happening. There's like a lot of really good people you, who are- You know what though? I, I think about it like this, because I had to change my narrative associated with that just to understand everybody's process, right? Yes. That I, I know I'm guilty of it in the past and seeing the space that I was in and then understanding that- I truly have now gotten to the space where I feel that it is necessary for people to do that, to understand. Oh, it's part of the journey. You know what I mean? Totally. So I used to be like, Oh, I wish people wouldn't do that. And now I'm like, now I get the gift of watching people who I may witness that happen to, but they they're growing out of it. You know, they're, they're recognizing it. It's, it is part of the path that you have to recognize like you, you have to get to that one space of complete joy, right? Right. Where you, you came from a space that's really, really dark and heavy, or maybe you came from a space where you just were confused or wherever space you're coming from. And you had to learn how to create just joy in your life because trying to do, and I know from experience and fucking being upset, am I allowed to cuss? Totally. Okay, good. Um, I'm like, there's no, I'm going to have to keep bleeding myself out. Um, but you come from a space where like you're in such darkness and you, you, you reach this joy because trying to do shadow work with not under, without understanding how to create your own joy can sometimes be detrimental to your, to your journey, you know, because when you're working through shadow work, you have to be able to to understand what you're in not and not it be the darkness that you just came from. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think so many people start this spiritual journey because they're so stuck in the shadow. Yeah. But they don't see it. 
No, it and takes time. We don't time. understand what shadows are right away. We're like, what are shadows? And then we realize shadows and then we're like, let's create joy. Let's create, I, at least that's how I, how I. No, I hear you. And honestly, yeah. to me, being able to navigate through my own shadows, it's gifted me a deeper sense of empathy and compassion for those I can serve along the way. And mm-hmm. that's what these times are all about. This Aquarian age is about yeah. coming together in community and to recognize the connection between all things, between all experiences, between it all. Yeah. That there is truly no separation. And so we can really honor the the oneness and the unity when we can authentically embrace our shadows and honestly admit our suffering and the the things we're not so proud of yeah because that's what makes us human hell yeah we are we are flawed beautiful we are imperfectly flawed perfectly imperfect beings, you know? Oh yeah, I do know. My very first tattoo, my one of my best friends drew, um, it says, let the music speak. And there's all these perfectly imperfect like writings and things like that yeah. for me to, I got this like right after I was struck by lightning and and she and she drew it out for me. She's one of my best friends. She was at my house last weekend and it was all about like the per- how we have to embrace our perfect imperfections because yeah. we're human. Wow, you got struck by lightning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, okay, I need to know a little bit now. I'm sorry. I got to know a little well, bit. Yeah, no, as a fucking hawk just flew over my house. Um, yeah. Well, there's lots of podcast episodes you all can listen to throughout this journey. Um, but I was in a very dark path. I had a difficult LSD trip, um, right, like three months before then. And I was seeing a lot of the things that were out of alignment in the world. And, um, it was an opportunity in my own life. Like I was trying to fight the system and a lot of this I'm writing in my book, which is why I'm leaving for Bali to talk about this experience. Um, but essentially purple and white light came in my face as I was driving my dog and I, um, it melted the glass in my windshield, came out the trunk, like a gunshot, my PTSD, paranoia, psychosis, all time high, super sensitive, Um, Because you're more than just your physical body. You also have your energetic bodies. And the thing is that I I really want you all to understand who's listening that those traumas that you have, they create holes in your auric field. And so I had a lot of holes in my auric field. I've had so much trauma in my life that I've had to really overcome and conquer and navigating through almost 30 years of depression since I was like two years old. And all that energy, like it was the invitation from the universe for me to really awaken. Mm-hmm. So of course that was 2012 when everyone got rocked in some form or another. And I think it's really fascinating because I've just been really, um, before we pushed record, I was like, have you been feeling the energies? You're feeling all the energy, like, wow, I'm feeling like, Whoo, this is intense and things, a lot of things are shifting right now. And oh, I feel the intensity is different. It's just different. It's in a different way now. Like I can just remember, I've never had a January the way that I had a January this year in my entire life. And yeah, it was just a very beautiful experience. And I thank God and the Orishas and my godmother and my Ile and myself for this January and understanding and knowing that, I mean, the acceleration of growth and not even just the acceleration, but just the 
my experience and understanding to change my narrative, wanted the, the remembering what my narrative was at birth and just it's, it's wild. Yeah. I'm also feeling it because this is like the first full month we had of the post Saturn cycle from 2012. So we finish a Saturn cycle every seven years and, you know, 122112 was the shift into the Mayan calendar. So the last winter solstice or the summer solstice, if you're in the Southern hemisphere, it was big. And we had a lot of big transitions in January with a lot of eclipses. And I think a lot of it though, is preparing us for what's to come, not just for this year or for this decade, but from here on out. And I'm a firm believer that we incarnated when we did during this time because we've got shit to do. We have something really powerful to bring to the world. And a lot of us, like they call like the millennials, the dark night of the soul generation, because we're the ones that are being the sacred disruptors of being like, I've seen the lineage of what I've had to go through and it ends with me. I'm seeing what's going on and it ends with me. Generational trauma, healing all the generational trauma, creating generational wealth in like ways people didn't even imagine and wealth meaning like spiritually, mentally, emotionally, you know, in divine love. I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, for me, like those are the fundamental pieces for us to really be able to be of service because those are the ways that we fill our cup. Those are the ways that we, we strengthen that container because that's what makes us who we are in this experience. Yeah. There's no accident why we chose the family we did. The lineage we did. And it takes brave souls to incarnate during this time in history. It really does. I would love to hear your journey as to really saying there's no room for me to not be authentic. Mm. Oh shit. Okay. (laughs) I go there, babe. (laughs) I I love that because I spent a lot of years. Well, it begins really in my childhood, you know, being in all honesty, being like a, a biracial person with a lot of different views in life. And then going throughout life with like an identity crisis and trying to fit in here and trying to fit in there and trying to do this and trying to do that. And then never really truly feeling like you belong somewhere because you're always trying to be something but yourself. And then coming to a space where you're like so much yourself, you're always the oddball, but you get to that understanding where you're like, it doesn't really matter because if there's not people who don't, if there's people who don't see me for what it is that I already am, then those people, I don't, I don't need them present in my life. You know what I mean? Totally. the it's it's also the understanding that we we put so much emphasis on trying to fit in like i said or you know in society not just you know personally but in society as a whole that we forget our birthrights we forget what it is that we're doing here we forget things that we've already felt in our heart you know crossing into this reality at birth and when you can return to that space or you know take the journey to return to that space, you step into a power, your personal power that is like no other. Nobody can take that from you. You know, nobody can take from you that space where you're like, this is who I am. And not out of, because I'm an Aries, sad rising, you know, and my, my defense mechanism in the past was, this is who the fuck I am. I don't give a fuck. 
And now my defense mechanism, there is none. It's just, this is who I am. And hate me or love me, it is who I am. I I have boundaries. (laughs) I love myself. I respect myself. And cool, you don't want to be here. I'm not asking you to be. I'm not here for everybody. And that's another thing, too, in the past. I was trying to be here for everybody, even in my work, right? I've been doing this work for for quite some time now, and it's been evolving and evolving and evolving. And even in my work, I was like, I need to fit in this group, and I need to fit in that group, and I need to fit in this group. And then I was like, no, this is... This is the, it's a loop. Yeah. This is the, the clientele or, or the, or the, you know, the space that I am, I am most comfortable in because it's who I am. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I I'll think that's what a lot people of people are really that. realizing. Cause what I was hearing too, is like, even not even just for you and what I've just been witnessing in my own experience, I feel like it's a lot. Cause if we're creating these businesses, right. Let's go, let's think about when that sacral chakra was being developed between the ages of like eight and 16, when we're trying to fit into like in school and, you know, trying to like make our own path in that way and figure out who we are. There can be a lot of that, that trauma that can come through when you're building your business. If you're yeah. still, if you still haven't really worked through that healing. I know I've seen that so much. I, my, in my last peyote ceremony, my whole intention was to really strengthen my lower triangle, the lower three chakras, and to really mature my inner child from the space of allowing myself to, to get honest on the people in my life. Is there reciprocity in my relationships with them? Is there someone who I put, I, I'm such a cheerleader, like Amy Poehler and Mean Girls, like with the video camera with my friends, like I'm rooting for my friends and their success. But if the if friends aren't supporting me equally or to a level where I feel like there's that reciprocity, it's been a lot of purging of really redefining that inner circle and yeah. really, really having deeper, we were never taught boundaries. Yeah. And so these are the things that we've had to learn is like cultivating strong boundaries, a solid container within ourselves, in our mind, in our body, in our spirit, in our emotional well-being. These are all the things that we've really had to address and really take note of because then the next generations, they have that to look up to because we can teach them at a younger age. We mm-hmm. were taught all the things that really didn't matter. A lot of things, I should say. And as we keep awakening in this process, we're seeing what's actually important in this human experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you said that about the lower three chakras too, because I, people always ask me, I get that question, how do I excuse me, how do I tap into my intuition or my vision? I'm like, you have to learn how to work with the lower three chakras first, because if you're not grounded here in this reality, and even if you're somebody like myself, who I was always a, a you know, a clairvoyant and that, and that energy was always high, but it was too many things going on. So even, even if you have that overactive third eye at, you know, that's something that's built into your being, or from, you know, wounds or whatever it was awakened, you still have to figure out how to ground yourself so that you can organize that information. You know, I totally, well, the lower three chakras represent our physical reality. It's It's before the bridge, you know, Mm -hmm. it's that, it's that earth realm. If you can't take what you're doing up here and put it into the earth realm, it really actually has no Well, that's what we're seeing right now with all these quote unquote leaders is that they're so disconnected 
with the lower three chakras because they've got so much trauma from their childhood. And a lot of older men, like boomers and whatever, they were all told to man up or big boys don't cry. So they have this conditioning of not addressing the simple things of life of, hey, I need to feel supported or like I need to cry or do you have space for me? They Things like that were not taught in generations before. And those are the things that our generation is really helping implement and really um, honor in a way because it's what, it's everything. You can't be stuck in the lower, you can't even actually really be fully in the upper three chakras because if that kundalini energy is rising, you have to break through those blocks in the lower three triangle, the lower three uh, chakras and the heart. So to me, I just feel like these are a lot of the processes we as a collective have had to navigate through is seeing a lot like our generation, we're getting our shit together. And like I said, we're the dark night of the soul generation. We've seen a lot of shit at a young age and they're now coming up to us for support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Like my dad is just like so fascinated about my path right now. You know what I mean? It's amazing. That's my mom. My mom has just been like there the whole entire way. Just like, wow, wow, wow. Like just so amazed, you know? And even when I tell my dad, you know, my dad, we we just rekindled our relationship. Like Amazing. Myself, even when I tell my dad, he's, he like listens, although he's his own, he's his own his own creature. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's the other thing we have to understand too, is like, we can do our best, but that's where the boundaries still come in yeah. and just send that love. But everyone's on their own journey. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I would love to hear what you're feeling with, um, this new decade with 2020 coming through 2020 crystal vision for everybody or just myself. Sure. What Collectively, what are you feeling? Um, I feel like a lot of people are understanding that they need a foundation to Mm. existence, whether that means faith-based or religious-based or whatever it is that they need. There is definitely, it's, it's not that I know I have seen it. It's not that I, I think I know because I have witnessed it over and over and I talk about it all the time. And this is how my work has developed, developed into that mental, emotional, and spiritual foundation of your existence, because And it's not that there's people who can't do that. Of course, I'm sure, you know, whatever there's, everybody has a different experience, but it is so important to build the rest of your life off of that foundation. And so here we are, right? Like people are understanding that if you can create this solid foundation of your mental health, of your emotional health, of your spiritual health, then you can build something on top of this. That's going to last, you know, because if you look at, And this is one of the reasons I was led to create the one-on-one mentoring that I have. And even, I mean, all of my work really is because we are watching, like you said, this older generation lose it in some sense, you know? And so you ask yourself like, well, well, I asked spirit and I said, spirit, what is it about this experience that they, you know, they, they, they didn't build for themselves? Even the most successful people, you know, we see all these people that are creating millions and billions and then they have mental health, sh- mental health issues, which is nothing bad or nothing, you know, ashamed to be, to be ashamed of. But there was no solid foundation to to that creation. And so now it has to crumble. Right. And so this decade for me really has been 
the year, the, the decade of perfect, well, this is the year of perfect vision, that vision of, and not perfect vision, like your vision may come, the vision that you have for your life may come to the surface, but perfect vision and being, you are seeing what it is in your life that you need to still create in terms of foundation in your root. Awareness. It's a year of awareness. Yeah, exactly. Like, is it your financial health? Is it your your necessities? Is it understanding uh, support and trust? What is it that you need to continue to move on? And not only does that create that foundation, but it's also creating that generational wealth that I always speak about. And I always feel with inside of myself that not just wealth financially, because it actually means nothing financially, that that is a bonus, right? That's something that it gives us opportunity, but it's the wealth of mindset. It's the wealth of health. It's the wealth of spirituality that we're creating and building something solid for our future generation because there was break in between, but it was much necessary. Mm -hmm. You know, when we look at it all, it was much necessary. So for this next decade, I really see that people understanding and more authenticity, 100%, because that clear vision is being aware of yourself. What feels good to you? Why is it that one person only knows all the answers and that person over there, even though they're thriving, doesn't know the answers. That's another thing too. It's that clear vision of there's billions of people, there's billions of ways to do the same thing, you know? So it's mm-hmm. a lot of understanding. I definitely see a lot of clarity, a lot of understanding, a lot of foundation for this, for this decade and a lot of acceleration also, because mm-hmm. there is some people who, you know, there's, there's a lot of us who created our foundation and now we're assisting others in creating that foundation, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that foundation like, doesn't happen it. overnight either. No, no, it requires, this is what I'm talking about too. I talk about to all my clients. I'm like, you're going to have to put in the work. And I'm not talking about going to lifting weights or building a fucking house. What I'm telling you is that continuous delete, when you recognize your old narrative, when you validate it, when you see it, that's the first thing you need to be able to delete it. And then remember your original narrative of greatness, of abundance, of I can move through these things with strength because it was what I was born with, you know? Yeah. And for me, it's interesting because this has been a lot of the work. And I think, you know, we grew up in like an instant gratification kind of time. Mm -hmm. But this work as we shared, it's ancestral, it's generational, it's societal. And it takes a very brave soul to say, I'm going to take action and lead. Yeah, it does. It It takes a very brave soul and it takes a courageous soul. And through that courageous process, again, ask for help. Take time away for yourself connect with nature, do these basic, simplistic things that sometimes we just like completely forget about. To think like how simple it is. Like, let me take care of myself before anybody else. But it's just so crazy. Like, even though, you know, we do it all the time, but just to think about it's those little tiny things that make such a huge difference in our life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But that's kind of, it's great to see like people like last year I took five months off of social media. Wow. I love that. And the only reason why I went back on is because one of my best friends who was living in Canada had a baby and it was the only way I was going to be able to see the baby. So I wasn't expecting her to like send me personal texts because I'm not on social media. She's got two kids. <laughs> you know, it's the only reason why I went back on. And even today when I was taking my dog to the dog park and I was like, 
I feel like another break is coming. <laughs> yeah, I take breaks often. That's important to me because of the work the, that I yeah, do. Yeah, it's the spiritual maintenance. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it literally. That's it how, what I call it all the time. And yep. for me, it's for if I'm going to be here and to be of service and to give so much like I do, I need to make sure I'm equally, if not more, giving more to myself. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I'm going back and forth. I'm leaving for Bali and I'm like, hmm, am I even going to be on social media during this time? Because <sighs> I'm writing this book too. I'm writing this book and I'm I'm holding space for my three-month container for my course. And this book is going to really, I've been already writing it, but it's going to help me activate a lot more because mm-hmm. being vulnerable, sharing your story to help you step into that path of authenticity and to, to like honor your journey. Yeah. That takes courage in itself too. It does. It really does. It, it takes courage to be able to just hold space for yourself. It takes courage to just be able to say, Hey, I'm, I'm stepping away from myself, you know? And, and that's foreign for a lot of us that have been like many of us that are in this realm were habitual people pleasers growing up. Because we were so empathetic and we could feel everyone. And then there got a point where it was like, okay, boundaries. Again, something that we weren't taught. We've had to learn all these things through this experience. Yeah, definitely. So you said you have you have a child, correct? Yes, he's six. Oh. Yeah, he's, he's, he's amazing. He really is just... It was like a couple days ago, I was like on a live video on Instagram. And I was just like, I was walking to the bus... And I just saw him get off the bus and I'm like, oh my God, he just, he blows my mind, this kid. I love like, that. Yesterday he wrote his name in cursive. I showed him how to do that one time. <laughs> one time. And you know, they don't teach that at school anymore. So that's insane. That's a, that's, it makes no sense to me, the things that they teach and don't I teach don't. In, in schools these I days. I struggle with that a little bit, but it, I, I'm very grateful for our school district. We moved out here for the school district. So they're, you know, they do a lot of STEM. So they do still a lot of yeah. engineering, science type math, you know, like the things that you'll need for other areas, but not like a lot of, oh, and they, you know, we live closer to, we're kind of like in the middle of like the city and a little bit of country. So they have a lot of programs where you can do like agriculture and stuff. Incredible. Yeah. Because that was important to me. You know, I I always thought I'm like, Oh, I'm going to homeschool. And then I like my space. So, um, I give it. And I I met this, I met this boy at the dog park the other day and he's homeschooled and he says he's very lonely. And oh I no think, no! I have friends who I have oh, friends actually, that homeschool. Okay, yeah, because yeah, there's like community programs. You know, yeah, like, I've seen that too. My friends who homeschool, they don't have a community a community program. Even some of them have like a place where the kids go once a week just to play with each other and connect. You know, so awesome. maybe that person because I've I, even growing up, I had a friend. Um, some of the kids who lived on the street from my grandparents were homeschooled, and they they had a community program too. Yeah, because I don't have kids right now, but I would think I was I would totally consider homeschooling because I want I want my kids to be able to be global citizens in a way of really being aware of what's actually important in life and have that really taught at a young age. So what are some of the things that have that you've really taught your son that you feel is really setting himself up right now for greatness and deeper awareness and compassion? Okay. It's funny that you say that because we, I I really teach him a lot about, 
understanding his own space and honoring himself. I have him do a lot of things here at home, you know, like make your bed and take care of yourself. It's important that you do that. And, you know, just really accepting a lot of people. But I also, in all honesty, I really teach him a lot about like African history here in America, like slavery. I love that. Yeah, because it's not really taught. And even I had to learn it on my own, right? I have a great grandma who worked worked on a plantation. She's still alive. Um, she'll wow. be 91 next month. Yeah, so when I hear things from her, like she only went to school till five. One of the, one of the stories that she told me that just always just gets me into understand and, and know, like it wasn't that long ago that when, there was a little girl who was um, the master's daughter and she got to go to school when she turned five and Ma, that's my great grandma had to still work. And like, she, she never went to school. Right. And it's so crazy. So I try to tell Owen, like, you know, we're really lucky for what it is that we have and a lot of gratitude. Uh, I'm always asking him like, what are you grateful for? You know, you know, like even if it's just saying grace to, to, to the food or, you know, waking up in the morning or things like that, because our ancestors went through fucking hell, you know, and it just, it upsets me that it's not taught the way that I wish it could be taught. So that's why I teach it here, but also appropriating other cultures. Like I had a Mm. huge thing about uh, Thanksgiving day and like a lot Uh of people came out. It's my least favorite holiday. Yeah, we don't celebrate it. Like we have something at home or sometimes we'll go to my best friends and just eat just because we're all Mm -hmm. eating and hanging out. But I try to explain to him like, this is not what really happened and let me educate you. And it's hard because you're like, here's a six-year-old, right? And you're trying to be like, no, actually these people didn't like these people or this and this and this. And he's like, but why? Because, you know, like I I know love, right? Like he knows love as a six-year-old, but I don't want him to not know love. I want him to understand that there's truth that is not told. You know what I mean? That's a huge totally. thing that I teach because everything else, like everything else, like his teacher, I, I sent her some flowers. She's been going through a hard time. She does a really great job in holding space. They do a lot of different things that we did not do. They have a mindfulness like day every week. They do mm-hmm. yoga, they do meditation, things that we didn't do. So those things, I'm not even, I don't even touch on them often because I do them here and he sees me, right? It's more of the history. And I don't know why it just gets to me, but it gets to me. And it's maybe because we weren't taught and I'm really tired. You know, I wanted to be part of that change because I was tired and I am tired of hearing that false narrative. I'm I'm so tired of hearing that false narrative of, well, this happened or that happened. And I'm like, no, that didn't happen. And I have a lot of family that still believes that it happened or like, well, just this is just the way it is. No, it doesn't matter if that was the way that it fucking was for 50 years guess what we're gonna be the ones to change it and i'm changing it here in my home and by teaching my son that we need to change that and understand and it was really cool because this week they did differences so they did differences whether it was their skin tone or their hair or disabilities or whatever and understanding like differences i don't ever remember doing that in um, in kindergarten never literally they colored pictures with with everybody had different skin colors. Right. And like, it's, it was just so cool when he brought, brought home that paper. And it was like, we learned differences. It's like, uh, it's okay that I'm Brown or, you know, light skinned and somebody over here is, is white, you know, or this person's dark skin or whatever. It was just really cool. So there are some things that I've noticed like public school wise here, at least I don't know about other places. Cause 
obviously we don't go there, but that I don't worry about. It's more of just that false narrative that I really, really focus on teaching him here. And my husband goes with it because he's aligned with that. You know, he, he understands seeing, you know, the narrative about women and the narrative about black and brown and other people of color and the narrative about whatever, this land that we live on that didn't belong to the people that lived here, you know, that lived yes. here, you know, so that's what, that, that's what something that I really teach him and a lot of gratitude and a lot of appreciating himself and speaking his truth and honoring his emotions, which is another thing. There's a, there's a mom. There's another thing. That's another thing they teach at school is they really teach them about their emotions. I don't remember ever learning about my emotions when I was in kindergarten. They, they sent home a paper recently. Something that they practiced was where do you feel your emotions in your body? That was fucking awesome. Amazing. I asked him like, where do you feel love? And he was like, I feel it in my heart. Or I was like, where do you, Oh, he said butterfly when he gets excited and he feels it in his belly. It was just, <laughs> was like, wow. Like, okay. So things are changing and I'm grateful to be here to witness it. And we need to continue to bring more yeah. of that awareness too, yeah. because bring in more of the energy behind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting because it's going to be, I think it's going to air before yours, but I'm interviewing Shahid Batar, who's running up against Nancy Pelosi for Congress. Wow. And, um, it's a huge thing that is really important for me is to have conversations with leaders who want to change the dialogue. Oh. Congratulations. That Thank is you. Awesome. Yeah. It's something that's really important for me because how can I, how can I call myself a conscious leader if I'm not consciously taking action to have these conversations and to create a platform where the, these conversations can be shared yeah. and allow people to really start thinking outside of the box that they've been conditioned in mm-hmm. and to start to implement that real change. Yeah. You know what? There's something about that where in the past, I with my Taurus and Mercury, or my Mercury and Taurus, and an Aries sun, and a Sag rising, and all the feistiness, where I had to, with my family specifically, I had to silence myself about those specific things because I I had a trouble saying things with grace. And so when I started bringing them back up over the last year, people are like, where is this coming from? And I'm like, it's coming from where it always was coming from. But before I just cussed you guys out and got kicked out of holidays or, you know, everybody started arguing because I'm yelling at one person and tell everybody you're a fucking idiot, you know, like saying things rudely because I'm angry. And then I'm like, that's not getting my point across because I'm, I'm and it's probably a lot of the anger that you've held on to that was passed oh. down. You know, oh, that's like in the oh, DNA. Yes. Yeah. So it's not yes. just yours. It's theirs too. That's been repressed for mm-hmm. a long time, but you're, yeah. you're choosing to, to speak up on it and saying it ends here by educating your son about what's yeah. humanity and mm-hmm. what's, what's possible. Yeah. I leave my, we have like this group message in my family. It's like my aunt, my mom, my grandma, and I leave them like little things. And my grandma's just like, okay, you know, or I'm like, <laughs> so here's this, like, here's the truth of this. Like here, I don't care if you don't want to know, like, there you go anyways. Cause I, I don't say things to them anymore. I'm like, if you want me to, if you want to invite me in to ask, I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you. Otherwise I'm going to say something if I feel like it's necessary because I'm not going to sit there anymore and and allow you to say false things. Um, But I'm not going to push it. And I'm not going to say it without, if I can't say it with grace, I'm not saying it because I'm just not, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to do me any justice. It's a boundary I set for myself that I'm not going to waste my energy. on not sharing things with grace and I'm not going to waste my energy on talking to a brick wall. 
totally. So yeah. what are some ways that you've seen your spiritual practice really support you as you, you know, you're, you're going out and you're being this like rebel in a way to your family and thinking outside the box and saying, Hey, there's another, there's another solution. Yeah. Um, definitely my strength, my spiritual practices have definitely given me, not given me, they were, they reminded me of my strength. They've also reminded me that I am protected and I, and protected in the space where I can speak on the things that I feel the most passionate and, and the things that are most, you know, aligned with my authenticity and my personal power. Though Those are some of the main things like the protection and the, and the support and the strength and really just that inner fire, right? Like it's burning from a different space through my spiritual practices and my dedication to my spiritual evolution and my foundation. It's been where I, I, I was just talking about in my story about creating this, recreating, or not even recreating, but remembering the narrative of, I expect nothing but greatness. And through my spiritual practices, I have been able to embody, to remember that I expect nothing from but greatness. You know, even if it's something that I'm witnessing to somebody else may not be great to them, it, there's something in me that's giving greatness, being able to align with that greatness that I can now get to the world. You know what I mean? Mm. And so it's that daily, it's the daily dedication. Like I, I take my spiritual practices and my spiritual evolution and my foundation very seriously because it has created the foundation for everything else in my life, including my mental wealth and my emotional wealth and, you know, being able to embody the love that I wanted to give myself and the world in the way that I wanted to show up for the world, you know? That's how you really allow yourself to be in your truth, to go out there yeah. and to heal and to serve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I feel like this decade, like the health and wellness sector is going to skyrocket. Oh, it already is. It yeah. already is. And we get to be here to watch it, you know, just yeah. the craziest things like Cleveland clinic, Cleveland clinic here is a very conservative hospital, like extremely, they don't, I'm pretty sure they're not even prescribing medical marijuana yet because they're like, we don't know, you know? And, um, they even brought Reiki in and just like wow. little things that you see, they have a yoga therapy program, like they're they hungry. Train. They're hungry for it. Oh yeah. They will train you under their yoga therapy program. Wow. Yeah. So you, we see, I seeing it sprinkled, you know, and especially when like in certain parts of the United States, like it's already sprinkled. It's been sprinkled for a long time. I live in California. So it's go, we, yeah. like, we've had two cities already decriminalized psilocybin and, I know, that and is exactly you know what I, I mean? To meet Delic, the psychedelic, um, society it's like they're it's like a well there's decriminalized okay. nature there's that foundation and um maps is there oh, the well, multidisciplinary I've never heard of any of those I, oh I, woman know? I will tell you all the things yeah. this is my zone of yeah, genius cool. I, mean, I, I I'm, I'm all I'm big on psychedelics I love them but uh yeah I never, how have they have you I, seen how have they changed how have they helped you with your healing process of this generational trauma that's what oh, I would yeah. love to know it brings it it brings it to the surface in a way where you can look at it with love literally like you mm. compassion for it. It doesn't have to be so heavy. It doesn't have to be so heavy. Also, one thing I really loved, and I haven't done mushrooms in probably like maybe about 
six months or seven months. But the the first time I did it in a way, because when I was a kid and even like sometimes when we went to festivals, we would just dose, you know, and then I was yeah. like, whoa, wait a second. Hold on. Let me use this in a different way. And I did a 10 week um, microdose. And the thing about the microdosing that I love or just about psychedelics in general is it's not like something that it just changes while you're on it or while you're taking it. It's a long-term, you know, it, it changes the nerve pathway. It literally changes the way your brain fires and it's long-term. And I love that. Mm-hmm. But I've also had difficult trips and I saw how that also affected me too. So I just yeah. want to make that clear because yeah. it can go both ways. Yeah. Cause I just, that's my authentic truth. Like I had a very difficult LSD trip in 2012 Three months later, I got fucking struck by lightning. But when I did LSD again for the first time after that, like five years later, six years later, I saw all my my ancestors standing side by side because I did it. I microdosed it with cacao and I had like a cacao ceremony. And so my heart was just so open that I saw all of my ancestors standing shoulder to shoulder because my grandmother's sister was in the process of transitioning. So all of my loved ones that passed on were standing there letting me know like they're they're helping her with this transition. I love that. And I know for me, like that is a path, the plant medicine path, the psychedelic path is something that I will be doing until spirit tells me otherwise. But right now just seeing the amount of PTSD with our vets and seeing what's happening generationally, the the interest for this and the science behind it yeah. is really catapulting right now. And something that I'm, I'm choosing to, as a leader of it, is to make sure that there's not only education, but there's awareness of both sides of yeah. what can happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because I think some people think, you know, I tell people, I'm like, I, I don't suggest using it at all to spark anything. It's a tool to, it, you know, it's a tool to, because a lot of people ask like, well, spark my awakening. And I'm like, that's not what it's meant for. You know, it's not, yeah, meant it's a healing, it's a healing process. Mode, yeah. It's a mm-hmm. healing modality, you know, and it, it, and it, and like I said, I've abused it in the past and then under a second, like, I know who the fuck does it. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was eating MDMA like once a week when I was a music journalist, like, and then I had no serotonin in my head. It wasn't even just once a week. I probably just ate shit for weeks on end, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's just understanding like to honor it, to honor the spirit of it, because it is a spirit. And that's another thing I don't think people realize, like every mm-hmm. herb is a spirit. So mm-hmm. we'll honor that. It's like, then why are we're honoring ourselves? Why wouldn't we honor that medicine also? You know, because mm-hmm. it, it is medicine. And there's definitely a time and space because sometimes when I like if even if I take like a hit of cannabis, sometimes it's like way too intense for me. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I take these periods of like clarity. Like yeah. after I got struck by lightning, I went like two and a half years, not touching anything. Yeah. Like no I me, no, like, too. yeah, I just needed to really reset and heal. Cause it showed me all the areas in my life I needed to heal, which yeah. was a lot. Yeah. And sometimes if you can't process that it's challenging yeah. because it's, it's a spirit that's showing you this, these are the areas in your life to address so that you can really embody why you're here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, another thing with like, you know, just understanding the other side of it is when you do see those things, it's important to take care of those things and not keep, not keep 
triggering them with a psychedelic because I mm-hmm. think people get lost in that and they're like, oh, well, this came up. Well, let me keep doing it. To, but you have to take care of that one thing that it brings up and then, you know, allow that to integrate rather than continuously. You just nailed it. The word integration. And that's yeah. something because as a Kundalini yoga teacher, you know, we talk about when the Kundalini energy rises up, that's the masculine, the masculine energy of awakening, yeah. but the feminine receptivity is the integration. And oh. we've, compl- we forgot that we've forgot what it's like to integrate the work we've done. Yeah. Cause we're just so go, go, go. Like I need to jump on the next one. And that's not what it's about. It's also about the embodiment and the integration. And that's what the feminine yeah. essence is. And, and that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have to allow it to settle. Otherwise you're just, and that's another thing, even just about taking that period of integration is also giving you as time to just check in with yourself. Like, how are you feeling? What else is going on? Are you giving your body and your mind and your spirit what it is that it needs, you know, during that, during that time of integration? Yes. So, I mean, God, this has just been a really interesting time because the hard work is paying off, mm-hmm. but there's still so much work to do. I know. I actually had that thought yesterday. <laughs> I, was like, I was just, I'm like I said, like, I, you know, after my initiation and all this, I've been just like, whoa, like, holy cow, you know? And yesterday I was like, wow, like, I am so grateful to witness that I'm reaping the fruits of my labor, but uh. also understanding how much more. I get to learn, you know, mm-hmm. but a different in a different mindset of how I'm learning these things. Because before it was, oh my gosh, I need to learn these things because I can't, I, I'm having a hard time. Now it's like, I get to learn these things and I get to integrate it into my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I just sit in that. I really honestly cry about it all the time. Oh, I love that. I, yeah. This is, crying. it's about integrating our medicine, you yeah. know? How do we, how can we be of service if we haven't embodied and integrated the very things we've learned, the very journey we've endured? Yeah, exactly. And that also comes back to authenticity because if you, you know, I'm doing a webinar for us, a free webinar for spiritual healers that are either in business or new in business or going into business. And one of the main things that I, that I'm going to be talking about is you, you have to do the work before you show other people how to do it, you know, because people think like, oh, we're going to go into business. I'm going to pull in clientele. Well, you, you probably could, but if you want to make sure that, yeah, if you want to sustain it, but if also you want to make sure that you're giving your clients what it is that they need, you have to make sure that you're giving yourself that, that medicine first. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Oh, you share from that overflow. Yeah. And being able to say, because even, you know, where I'm at in my business and my work, and people ask me, well, do you do this and this? And I'm like, no, I'm not there yet. And when I do, maybe I will. But here, that's a strength is being able to say, this is I'm not comfortable with, but I'm going to show you somebody else that can do that for you. You know, mm-hmm. it takes it's yeah, it's it's vulnerability. It's courage. It's it's authentic power in that sense, too, because if you can be humble, which I think has been a huge missing link in a lot of, you know, the spiritual movement is being humble as you continue to grow in success. Mm-hmm. People will, will feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes, definitely. Definitely. And I think, and I feel like as a collective, like our bullshit meter is getting stronger <laughs> 
And part of that bullshit meter is also where's the humanity behind the person that's promoting this really good at marketing, really good at social media. But when you connect with them on a one-to-one basis, are they the same person they show you on their social media as they are in person? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the, the that's the authentic power. Yes, it is. It is. I love that you said that because that's why I, t- I and I don't even say take pride, but that's why I show up in the way of my social media that I do because I, I feel that that's important. You know what I mean? I, I, oh, I that's why you're here, love. Yeah, you're going to, yeah, thank you. That's what you see right there and those stories and on those posts, you're going to get that same fucking person in person, you know? And you have to do this work so you can- I get to hug you. Oh, I'll come, I'll come soon. Yeah. (laughs) But honestly, like that is what allows the content creation work to be so much easier when you can Mm -hmm. be yourself because you're not comparing yourself like, oh, this is how so-and-so is doing it. This is how I need to do it. The cookie cutter approach. It's about like, what is your true authentic power? How like people want to connect to that authenticity because there's so much now that we see in the world of social media that what's going to stand out and really pave the path for your success is your authentic power. Yeah, it is. It is. It also is very freeing to be in that space of like, this is my authenticity. This is my personal power. This is who I am. And not uh, like in the past, like I said, you know, just struggling with that space of who am I, where am I trying to fit in? You you care about the response. Then when you get to that space where you're like, this is my authentic self. And I really stepped into that powerful space for myself that here's my, here's, here's what I've channeled. Here's what the message that's come through me. Here's this, here's that, here's this. If you don't align, cool. If you do great, you know? Totally. Yeah. And I think that's where you are going to see this field as the health and wellness field continues to accelerate, the people that I think will be the most successful are the ones who have embodied their authentic power. Yeah. I completely align with that. 100%. 100%. Like warts and all. Like for me, it's really important if I'm feeling sad, like you know, when I was grieving the loss of Kobe Bryant, this was like a childhood hero of mine. I went on Instagram and cried mm-hmm. because I wanted to share, like, this is really fucking hurting me. Yeah. Like we're recording it this week, this, as this week, it's only been a couple of days since he's passed. And it's been extremely challenging for me. It's been a very, very tough week for me. And it's really important if you're going to lead to share the vulnerable sides of you yeah. too, because that's what brings that human connection alive again. And this is the Aquarian age. This is a time of community. There's no hierarchy of people. Yeah. We all have our different levels of success, but you are still a child of God. You are still a child of the universe. And we all, we all come here and we all die here, you know, and these are the things that we have to really remember in authentic, true leadership. Yeah. And it's also, you know, just reminds people in the, in the social media community in general, where people sometimes even put you as like a spiritual leader on a platform and you have to remind them like, wait a second, I'm human, you know, like I'm human. I may have collected a few more tools than you or tapped into certain parts of myself that you're still working on, but I'm also working on these things over here or, you know, like I'm still a human being. And one thing, that's one thing, one of my mentors, um, really, she always shares. And I love that about her because I, I, I also do too that. Like I am flawed. Like 
I am flawed, but I'm very grateful for my flaws, you know? And so it's nice to, when people say to you like, Hey, thank you for saying that because you reminded me like how human you really are. And I'm like, I'm, I'm as human as you, you know, like there's nothing not human about me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the big message that's really going to come through this year. Yeah. And that's how we can help really restore the human net, the humanness of life rather than being like, Hey, this is, um, this is how it's supposed to be rather than this is, this is the space where you can allow yourself to be. Yeah, exactly. There is no supposed to be whatsoever. So I've been loving this conversation. I want to, I want to wrap this container up with some lightning round questions. Beautiful. Okay. What does sovereignty mean to you? It means being able to really honor yourself, right? It's choosing your journey. It's choosing your journey of self because understanding that your healing journey is how you show up for the world, right? And when you put yourself first, when you fill up your your cup first, when you see yourself in the mirror before you see anybody else, you also show up for those people the way that you you show up for yourself, right? That's, you know, I think about like, I always call it the self-mastery journey, but yeah, it's really about, and it's crazy because, you know, we, in, in, in life, we learn about unity, right? But in, in all in all, that unity to self first is what creates the unity to everything else. Ain't that the truth? Because the cup is full and yeah. there's no, like, a you complete me. It's a, it's a, it's a magnet and a mirror as to what we experience. Yeah. I always tell my clients, I'm like, whatever's in the cup is yours. And what's overflowing is meant for your environment and those around you. Boom. Perfect. What would you say was the book that really catapulted your spiritual quest? Oh, I don't have a book. I, I, okay, wait, let me think. Um, I get asked that often. I don't have like a specific book that it would be more, I'm more of an experienced person. So like books, I read them. I love them. I soak them up. But like I live and learn through experience. Like I sucked at college because I can't, I can't sit and read all the time, but I do read. I mean, I read often. I'm reading yeah. a, a book about self-empowerment right now, but maybe can I just say some books that I like? Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, what is, oh, I really love The Alchemist. I just read that. With That's my, my favorite book. That's, That's my go-to. I just read that last year. I love that. Um, oh, Frequency by Penny Pierce. Fantastic fucking book on understanding your home frequency. Really lots of books written by, you know, Abraham Hicks, Law of Attraction. I love those books. Um, Those are good. Those are good yeah, ones. They're the nether. I can't remember the author. It's Jambalaya. I think that's how you pronounce it. And it was on a woman who's also a priestess of um, Ifa or, or Santeria. And wow, I read that book. I read it and stopped and then read it again. And that book was like, it kind of, I'm going to say, okay, that's one of the books that definitely brought me to this space of the tradition that I did just dedicate my life to where I'm like, wow, if I couldn't have found something more aligned with all of these, at that point, it was like 12 years that I've been doing this work on myself since I was about 17. Right. And I'm like, whoa, like this book 
is why I decided to dedicate myself. Right. And I had, um, I had been waiting like nine or 10 months to get initiated. And I was in the process of reading the book. I read the book. I started reading the book in the end of 2018, which is the, is when I found my godmother. Mm. And then around that space, I was like, I am supposed to be in this tradition because it is literally labeling everything in my life. Which tradition are you talking about when you're saying this tradition? So I, I was a recently initiated into Santeria. So it's a African traditional religion. Um, that specific branch was, is, it was founded in Cuba after, after the African slave trade. And so it's originally Ifa. It's a, the practice of the Yoruban people. So yeah, it was just... Incredible. Well, it's a beautiful book. And she speaks all from her own experience. It's wow. just a beautiful book. Yeah. That's, That's why I think it's so important to share our stories because yeah. those experiences bring back the humanness. And I think yeah. the the rise of storytelling through podcasts and things like that, I think that's why... Cause we weren't, we weren't grown, we didn't grow up with a lot of storytelling yeah. and in a sense. And I think this is kind of the energy through podcasting, for instance, that we're, we're re instilling the medicine of storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say like, I do, I do really love to read, but most, most of like my acceleration of my experience or of my spiritual journey has been experiences. Definitely my teacher training, my yoga teacher training, which was now years since 2020. So but six years ago, uh, it was, it was, there was only eight. And now in Cleveland, you don't find a teacher training with only eight people. And it was only eight women. And it was like, I just cannot put it into words because Mm. there was things that I found within myself and I just had a baby. And it was like, it was like my, it was like another rebirth of myself. That was the experience that really was like, wow, I really love this journey. I love all this healing. And it reminded me of that because after, you know, I, I, I sparked my journey of, of wanting to work on myself when I was around 17. All these things and then had my son and then it was all over again. Like I was 17 all over again, you know, in a different sense, but still. And so my yoga teacher training, and it was at Half Moon Yoga in like a city, uh, two cities um, south. And that was just, I can feel it right in my gut. Like just that fire that it gave you, but also like, I'm still, I still, I'm, I'm friends with all the people. I love that watch them heal. And like my best friend did it with me. That was, that was it. I tell people all the time, even if you don't want to be a yoga teacher, but you love yoga, take an intimate teacher training because it's a healing experience. Yeah, definitely. My yoga training was revolutionary (laughs) for me too. My initiation a couple weeks ago was, I, I have not integrated it fully yet. Wow. I'm like, like I was telling you even before, I'm like, like the feeling that it gives me, like how you were saying that you can feel that energy just rise up through here. When I just said that, I took a deep breath. That's exactly where I felt it. It was just like life. It gave me life. And there's so much of your life ahead of you too, that you get to share the wisdom and that energy and that frequency and all of your interactions and how you show up and how you serve that it's like you've only scratched the surface and it's already impacted you this much it's amazing I fucking I I like 
I just get so crazy excited over that. I call my best friend about that all the time. I'm like, B, we're only 30, bro. Like, look at what I know. we did here. And we're only 30. We say it's like, if we make it to 90, we're like, 90, that's a great year, right? We're only a third through our fucking life. I, I hear you. I'm 30 as well, babe. I hear you. Right? It's just like, holy fucking shit. This, I know. I had at 30 and I'm like, look at how many more. I, I say it all the time. Like we've only fucking scratched the oh surface on what's possible. It's so beautiful. I know. Okay. I know. That's why we've been doing so much of the deep work at such a young age, you know, like, know. like we said, like there's par- people, our parents age and stuff that are like, they're curious now. And there's a lot more layers that they're going to have to work through. But the fact that we chose at a young age to yeah. do this deep work, it's going to set precedent for a long time, not just for us, but for the generations to come. That's one thing that when I sit and think about that, now I'm like, okay, I'm away. Like, yeah, I'm gonna do because I just love that. I love sitting there and thinking about like, wow, it's literally like this is how much we've done. <laughs> yeah, this I know. Is, I've only scratched the surface. Yeah, there's and, like all of this left, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, it really is. So knowing and reflecting on that, what would you say to younger Brittany? I would say to younger Brittany, do exactly what you did. I always, Mm. I actually wrote a letter to myself and said, thank you for everything that you did. Because if it wasn't for what you did, if it wasn't for the mistakes you made, the choices that you made, all those things, you wouldn't be here right now. So I I thank her often. And what would you say is like your big intention for 2020? My Oh, here comes my cat. I'm like, what is that? My big intention for 2020 is um, really to always put my spiritual evolution first. It's just, it's something that's an intention every year for me is, you know, always putting my spiritual evolution first. Also, another thing too was recognition because I'm really in that space where I'm like, wow, my work is really getting recognized. And so I'm recognizing myself even more. You know what I mean? Yeah, honor that most definitely. And where can we find more of you? Um, so my website is www.synergysoul.org. Facebook is facebook.com slash synergysoul1. And then Instagram is synergysoul underscore. Yes. And one last thing. What's the last message you want to share to close out the sacred container you and I have created on this episode? Um, the It's something that we talked about. It's remembering to put yourself first because when you can honor yourself when you can make yourself the priority, I cannot stress enough how much that will make a difference in everybody's life. Whether you take, like I said, a spiritual path or a religious path or whatever it is that you believe or connect to, when you do it for yourself, it contributes to that change that you want to see in the world. And that right there is the most important thing that you can do. Boom. I love it. Well, sister, thank you so much for sharing your truth and being unapologetically you and continuing to show up as yourself because it gives, again, permission for more of us to do that. And it gives permission for us to feel safe in doing that because a lot of times people can be like, oh, I don't do that leap. But when we see other people unapologetically being themselves, that's how we start to revolutionize this world. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. You are fantastic. Oh, thank you, sister. I'm excited. I'm going to have to purchase, I'm going to have to purchase your book. Um, (laughs) Thanks. I have to read it. Um, And I'm excited for your trip. Thank you, love. And thank you everyone for tuning in and go check out to see all the medicine Brittany has because 
I've been very discerning on this space and bringing in the real deal. And this woman is one of them. Thank so thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you all for tuning in and we'll be seeing you all soon. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this powerful episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. To keep this conversation flowing, I invite you to join us over at the Sovereign Society private Facebook group and to follow us over at Sovereign Society podcast on Instagram. If you want to keep up with me, subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can watch these episodes and so much more. I welcome you to come on over and say hey on Instagram at Sabrina Riccio. And if you love these conversations, please support the podcast by subscribing and leaving a rating and review on iTunes. To share the love, all you got to do is search Sovereign Society Podcasts. And of course, if you're ready for more, stay tuned for next week because I've got a whole new episode coming your way. Take care. Satnam.